Welcome to Ashland New Plays Festival Play for Keeps podcast. Audio performances of new plays available on demand. Enjoy the show. The Worst Mother in the World, a full-length play by Carrie Bentley Quinn. Cast of characters. Bonnie, female, mid to late 40s, a therapist. Nina, female, 30s. Bonnie's patient, a new mother, tired. Mary, female, mid-twenties, Bonnie's daughter, newly pregnant. Masked figure slash voice, any age. Time, the present, place, America. Prologue. Nina is sitting in a chair. I was trapped in fire. Everything across the room shimmered in the heat. Pavement top in summer and I could hear them all talking to me, but I couldn't respond, only scream. And then suddenly I heard words as if through water. Push, Nina, push! The burning had stopped and was replaced. But something else, fluid in my lungs. I was drowning, gasping for air. I was looking at the light on the surface and trying to swim up. And the more I tried to swim up, the further down I went. Then everything went black. Gasp of air. Bright light. Wet face. Was it the water? Or my tears? And on my chest was this wailing thing. Limbs all splayed and flailing. Smelled like vagina. It smelled like blood. And I wanted someone to take it away. And they said, It's a boy! What's his name? Quietly, my voice, in the dark. Charlie, I said. His name is Charlie. Scene one, Bonnie's office. The walls are painted a cheery blue. There are impressionistic paintings all around that have been clearly chosen by someone with taste. There is an elegant gray couch and a large leather armchair. In the center is a coffee table with a perfectly positioned water pitcher, two glasses, and a box of Kleenex. On Bonnie's desk is a sturdy black phone, not a cell phone, but the type you can slam down, and it makes that satisfying slamming of the phone sound. Nina, a woman in her early thirties, is wearing a baby in a sling. She is standing in Bonnie's office. It is early in the day. She looks around, touching various articles on shelves. There is a print of a photo, something close to Diver, by Andreas Feiniger, a black-and-white photo of a blonde woman with a diving mask on her face. It covers her eyes and nose entirely, and the light is such that it looks like a big circle of light coming off the woman's face. It stands out from the fairly tame impressionistic paintings on the wall, all of which are vaguely ocean-themed. Nina stares at it. Nina is a mess. Nina has baby vomit on her yoga pants. Nina hasn't washed her hair. Nina is tired. Bonnie enters. She's well-dressed, calm, friendly. She smiles. Nina is staring at the photo. Nina. You brought Charlie. You don't mind that I brought him, right? Of course not. He just 
Like anytime I unhooked this thing, he completely freaked out. It's perfectly fine. As long as you're okay. Nina is still staring at the photo. This is a fucking weird picture. Isn't it? I love it. Sort of creepy for a therapist's office, no? I find that it makes people think. It's a conversation piece. It's scary. It is, right? Sort of uncanny. I saw it at the Whitney Museum on my last trip to New York, and I had to have a print. Have a seat. (sighs) Tired? We had a long night. Crying again? Constantly. Did you sleep? (laughs) Sleep is a thing that other people do now. How's the anxiety? I mean, okay. It's always humming, just under the surface. Like the third day of a mosquito bite. Like it doesn't actively itch, but you know it could start itching again any second. Have you been doing your exercises? Meditating? I'm trying. It's not like I get a ton of time to put Charlie down and meditate. You could ask Colin. (laughs) If Colin were home, and when he is home, he's much more interested in playing with Charlie and having me watch them play. Colin tosses him in the air like a football and thinks he's hilarious. If I go off by myself, he'll follow me and be like, look, look at Charlie, he's flying. It's okay for you to ask for space. I know. There is a silence. Charlie fusses a bit. Nina starts shaking her legs to rock him. He waking up? As long as I jiggle him, he'll stay quiet. It's the weirdest thing. He loves being jiggled. Like Jello. He's my little Jello man, isn't he? My baby Jello man. He doesn't give a shit what I say as long as I talk to him in this voice. Sometimes I'm like, yes, mommy's going to throw you out the window if you don't sleep. That's right. Yes, she is. Mommy might lose her mind and throw herself into traffic if you scream one more time. Does it make you feel better to say those things? Sometimes. Because babies are assholes. Cute assholes, but assholes. He is awfully cute. He is. He's a professional at cute. We get stopped everywhere we go. Bakeries, grocery stores, train stations. Does that make you proud? Well, sure. I was worried he'd be ugly. People do have ugly babies sometimes. Charlie starts fussing. Do you need to feed him? I have a bottle. It's breast milk in this bottle, not formula. I have no judgments on how you choose to feed your child, as long as he's healthy. You don't understand. People are, like, insane about it. I call them the tit Nazis. One of the new moms basically got shunned from the playground because she brought formula with her. One woman said it triggered her PTSD. I'm not even kidding. Charlie begins squalling, loud, angry cries. Oh, come on, Charlie. Take the papa. Why won't you take your papa? Charlie cries louder. Come on, babe, please. Do you want to take him outside? It's okay. We can go a little longer today. Charlie's screaming escalates. Nina is desperately trying to calm him down. As she does this, she begins having an anxiety attack. Her breathing gets labored. He just, sometimes he just never stops crying, you know? Like I do everything to get him to stop, and he just... Charlie wails. Nina tries to feed him. He refuses. Come on. Come on, Charlie. Don't you want your baba? Don't you? Oh, God, it's been just all day with this. All night. Here, let me. Bonnie gently takes Charlie from Nina. She's wearing the sling like a pro. Nina is having a panic attack, full-blown. Okay, Nina. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. No need to be sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh We're going to do what we talked about, okay? Fuck, fuck, fuck. It's okay, Nina. Stay with me. Stay here. Don't go away. I can't. I want you to close your eyes and focus on your breathing. I can't. You can, Nina. 
We need to stop this attack. Now take a deep breath in on the count of ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And exhale through your mouth. Blow it out slowly. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Nina, focus. Keep breathing. Deep, slow breathing. God, I fucking hate this. Try not to talk. Charlie. I've got him. Don't worry. Keep your eyes closed. Imagine that peaceful place we talked about. Mexico. That's right. On the beach, you hear the waves. It's warm and quiet. It's not too hot. Your feet are in the water. Mojitos. Mojitos. Right. And how do you feel? I feel safe. Right. Relaxed? Yes. Keep breathing. In and out. In and out. Slowly. Stay where you are. What time of day is it? Just before sunset. Okay. See that light. Breathe. When you feel better, open your eyes. Okay. You all right? Yeah. I think so. What triggered it? The crying. Does Charlie crying trigger your anxiety often? All the time. Is it the noise? The persistence? I don't know. Think about it. We should try to better identify these triggers. I feel like I have a million of them. An army of triggers. You want him back? Can you maybe hold him for a couple of minutes? Of course. Thank you. Scene two, Bonnie's office. On stage is Mary, mid-twenties. She's had a hard life, so she might look a bit older. Mary is Bonnie's daughter. Mary has a duffel bag and is looking around. She sees the photograph that Nina was looking at before. She examines it. Bonnie stands at a distance from her daughter, watching her closely. This new? Yes. It's weird as hell. It's interesting. Looks like things are going great for you. This room is at least 50% more fancy since I last saw it. Mary sits down. Bonnie doesn't. Throughout the scene, she tidies her desk and looks for files. She has a hard time looking at Mary. You look well. Do I? It looks like you've been eating. I'm pregnant, actually. Oh. Say something. Congratulations. Is that sarcasm? No. It sounded like sarcasm. It wasn't. But we've been here before. Right. I don't know what's different. It's just different this time. Why? I'm keeping it. Oh. I'm not going through that again. I'm not judging your choices about your own body. So you have no feelings about it? My feelings about your reproductive health are irrelevant. Therapy speak. I'm not sure what you want me to say to you. How am I supposed to like respond Like a human? To like, and not some robot? You have to understand that I'm feeling protective of myself As right usual. now. As usual. I want you to think for one second about what I've gone through with this, okay? I understand that it's hard for you to. I get that. No, you don't. If you choose to have this child, I will support you. 
I need more than support. I need a place to live. What happened to your apartment? It's complicated. It always is. I need to stay here just for a little while. I don't know. Mom. After everything, you're asking me to trust you? I'm asking for your grandchild. That's manipulation. Is it? I won't accept my unborn grandchild being used as bribery. Bribery? Really? It's disrespectful, and I refuse to be imprisoned by your emotional... Imprisoned? I was an emotional hostage for years. Let me find the world's tiniest violin. Mary, you've made it abundantly clear that you don't have any sympathy for me. And that's fine. But don't expect me to respond positively to this kind of conversation. You have to go. I have an appointment in 20 minutes. Are you kidding? I have to work. You always have to work. Well, someone has to pay the bills. No one else around to keep a roof over my head. Go on now. We'll talk later. When? I don't know. Soon. And what am I supposed to do until then? You can stay here for a few days. Thank you. But right now, I need you to go. Fine. I'll be back. Mary drops her bag. She exits. Transition. Nina's house, Charlie's nursery, very late at night. Charlie is crying, but his cries are weird and echoey. Nina comes in to check on him. The lights are bluish and fuzzy. Nina picks him up out of the cradle. Everything is dreamlike. Nina startles when she looks at Charlie. He's now a puppet and a creepy one at that. The phrase uncanny valley was made for this thing. Nina is disturbed, but she picks him up anyway. She tries to comfort him, but cannot shake the creepy nature of the interaction. A figure enters. She looks exactly like the woman in the photograph in Bonnie's office, face covered by an old-fashioned diving mask, the light reflecting off it so you can't see her face. The figure moves closer to Nina. Nina holds Charlie closer, but the puppet rears back and begins hissing at her. Nina screams and drops him on the floor. She retreats, cowering. The figure in the mask moves slowly towards Charlie. The figure crawls towards him. Nina opens her mouth to scream. She cannot. She tries again. She cannot. The figure ignores Nina. The figure crawls to Charlie and affixes a tiny diving mask on his face. The light shines so you cannot see his face anymore. They both turn and wave at Nina. She silently screams again. Scene 3, Bonnie's Office. Mary is asleep on Bonnie's couch in her office. Bonnie enters with a bag from Target or some other home goods store. She sees Mary and is annoyed. She nudges her awake. Mary wakes up. She stretches. Bonnie is standing over her. Oh, hi. I asked you nicely not to be in here. My back hurts and your couch is more comfortable. What about your bed? I feel weird sleeping in there. Why? It still looks exactly like it did when... I made a doctor's appointment. You want to come? Why don't you ask the father? He's not exactly thrilled with me at the moment. Bonnie has begun tidying the office. I see. It's on Thursday morning at 10 a.m. I have a patient. And you reschedule? I don't reschedule unless there's an emergency. You know that. Early anyway. As the baby grows, I'm sure it will get more interesting. It's not interesting now? They just look like little beans with a fluttery thing inside it. I bought you something. You did? In the bag. 
Mary, excited despite herself, goes into the Target bag. She pulls out a heating pad and a box of ginger tea. When I was pregnant with you, my back hurt all the time, and I didn't do anything but puke, so... Thanks. Please try not to sleep in here anymore. Okay. I just... It's my space. And I know maybe I shouldn't be so rigid about it, I know how you feel about this room. I'm making dinner tonight, if you're interested. What are you making? A lamb tagine. What's that? It's like a stew. Moroccan stew. Has cinnamon, dates, stuff like that. Sounds fancy. (laughs) I found the recipe online. Something different. I feel like I bake the same sad old chicken all the time. I like your chicken, though. Remember when I was a kid and I used to take the crunchy part of the skin all for myself? Drove me crazy. It's the best part. It's nice to hear you mention the good times. You yelling at me about chicken skin was the good times? Well, having dinner together. It's the smell, I think. I always think about it when I was little and I'd come home and smell it cooking. Yeah. It's a good smell. Smell is very powerful. Smell is our memory. You know that smell is all particles? Parts of what you are smelling literally go into your nose and your brain registers So if you smell shit, you have literal shit in your nose. Sort of. Ew. Or chicken, or baked apples, or baby powder, or perfume. Or the ocean, that's salt. There's a knock at the door. That's my appointment. You have to go. Mary gathers up her bedclothes and things. Another knock. Mary exits but lingers a moment in the doorway as Bonnie lets Nina in. Nina is wearing Charlie in the sling. Mary watches Nina, fascinated. Mary looks at the baby. Something passes over her. Nina is disheveled and tired as usual. Mary studies her for a moment, then exits. Bonnie tries to get herself in order. She organizes the room a bit. She takes out an iPad off the desk. I'm a little behind today. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to just... It's really all right. I I can wait outside until you're ready. I'm ready. I am. You're sure? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Have a seat. Charlie's sleeping today. Don't jinx it. Nina sits. Bonnie collects herself. Finds her reading glasses back to the therapy. She sits in the big chair across from Nina. She opens the iPad and types something. New toy? Yeah, session notes. Hmm. Will it bother you? No, it's fine. How are you today? I'm exhausted. Did you sleep? I must have because I'm having so many dreams. But these short spells where I fall asleep, I have these vivid, trippy dreams. Then I sort of forget them when I wake up because Charlie is screaming again. Does Colin ever get up with him? Colin sleeps like the dead. Ever since we first got married, I've had to wake him up to make sure he gets to places on time. It's no different now. So he's getting rest. And he's happy? He's so happy. He's nauseatingly happy. Still working a lot? The bar is busy, so... You miss the bar. Oh, God, yeah. People don't realize how hard it can be to make a really, really good drink. I've won awards for my cocktails. I was really good at my job, good at making people feel at home. So why don't you go back? Colin doesn't want me to. Is that the only reason? Basically, he doesn't see any reason for me to go back. He's a partner in the bar now. So that's financially stable. For now. He was offered a share in the bar around the time I found out I was pregnant. Seemed so perfect. Perfect timing. Perfect everything. Do you have any family support? Colin's mom comes over a lot. She's a big help. What about your parents? 
Your mother? Um, well, my mother and I don't, we don't have a relationship right now. Do you want to tell me about that? Not really. That's a big deal. I know, and I promise I'll tell you all about it. Just not today. I'm too tired. Where are you right now, Nina? I don't know. This is my first time in my life doing this whole therapy thing, and I feel like I'm doing it wrong. How so? It's not working. Or at least I don't think it is. How do you think it should work? So I'm not sad, so I'm not anxious. That's not how it works, Nina. This is a process. I'm not a process person. More of a results kind of gal. Have you ever kept a journal? What? A journal where you write down... I know what a journal is. Do you think it's something you'd be willing to try? I don't know. Just when you have one of these dreams or you have an attack, I think it would be good for you. And then what do I do with it? Let's say every week you talk to me about one thing you wrote in your journal. You can bring it in and read it aloud or just talk about it. Whatever you feel most comfortable with. I used to write all the time when I was younger. What stopped you? Are you afraid that someone will read it? No. I'm afraid of what I'll write. Scene four. A gynecologist's office. The waiting room. Nina is reading some women's magazine. She looks bored. Mary enters. She sits down. Nina doesn't notice her. Mary recognizes Nina, but doesn't say anything at first because that would be weird. Then, screw it, Mary doesn't care that it's weird. She says something. They make you wait forever in this office. Sorry? This office never gets you in when they say they're gonna. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. I don't know if it's Obama. I, I'm joking. Oh. Are you expecting? Me? No. I'm here for a follow-up. I had a baby already, so... Oh, congratulations. Yeah. How old? He's almost three months now. Oh, tiny. Yeah. I'm pregnant, actually. I'm here for my first ultrasound and all that. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. Is this your first pregnancy? No, it's my third. You have three kids. No. Oh. I just made that weird. No, you're fine. I did. I totally just made that weird. Sorry, I have this thing where I feel the need to, like, confess to total strangers. It's really fine. I guess it's how I grew up or whatever. We're supposed to have boundaries and all that. But I guess in my house, where we, there were, like, no boundaries because my mother made me talk about her feelings all the time, but never really told the truth about shit, you know? I know exactly what you mean, actually. My hands are shaking. Why are my hands shaking? Did you eat? You have to eat, like constantly. Yeah, I had breakfast. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's nerve-wracking when it's early, because so much can go wrong, and it's like the total unknown. Totally. And like, I don't have a lot of help. Single mom. Oh, that's hard. I mean, I'm married, and my mother-in-law comes by all the time, and it's still hard. I don't know how single moms do it. My mom was a single mom, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I did her night school and finished her degree. What's her degree in? Social work. Wow. Yeah. That's a hard job. It is. Is your mom around to help you? No, she lives far away. Albuquerque. Oh. Our relationship is complicated. I know how that is. You do? My mom and I. Yeah, complicated. I don't want to be complicated. For this baby? I don't know if that kind of thing can be helped. I just 
Wanna love the kid. Be loved back. You will. You must love your baby so much. He's pretty lovable. Yeah. I'm Mary, by the way. Nina. Nice to meet you. You too. Maybe we can hang out sometime. You can give me all the advice. Yeah, sure. A voice off stage. Nina. That's me. <laughs> Nina gathers up her stuff. Good luck. You too. Maybe I'll see you around? Definitely. Take care. Nina exits. Mary smiles to herself. Scene five. Nina's dream. Bonnie's office. A dream. Nina on stage alone. She's in pajamas. A baby cries. Nina is looking for the cry. She can't find it. She keeps looking. Then she sees her, the figure with the mask from her last dream, holding the puppet baby who has grown larger. Nina runs over to her. The figure holds her hand out, and Nina slams into an invisible wall. She falls to the ground. She tries to get back up, but she can't. The baby turns its head slowly to look at Nina. The figure slowly backs away, and Nina disappears. Blue light, the cry of a baby. The lights fade and change. The figure and the puppet vanish. We are back in Bonnie's office. Mary is balled up on the floor in her pajamas, sobbing loudly. Bonnie enters, also PJ-clad. She instinctively rushes towards Mary. Mary? No! Mary? Mary, you're dreaming. Come back now. Come back to me. My baby. You're safe. You're safe. Come on, wake up. Bonnie is shaking Mary gently. Mary finally comes to more alert. Bonnie smiles at her tenderly. This is the first moment of tenderness. Hi. You all right? Bonnie notices the bedclothes on the couch. I'm sorry. I couldn't sleep. I, I'm so sorry. It's all right. Come on. Get off the floor. Mary stands up. Bonnie helps her to the couch. Mary is still shaken. Thanks. The night terrors. Yeah. How long has this been happening? Since I found out I was... Right. This pregnancy. Do you think it's just too much for you to handle? I said if it happened again, I know I would. what you said. I meant it. Okay? I just think you need to consider... I considered. I mean, birth control? Was there any discussion with your partner of maybe... There wasn't a whole maybe... lot of talking involved with us. I see. And for your information, we were using condoms. I can't take the pill. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Don't, like, automatically assume I'm a fuck-up. It doesn't matter. It wasn't a real relationship anyway. What do you mean? I'd rather not talk about it. I've been doing some thinking. Okay. I've decided you can stay here. For now. Really? Yes. And if you're serious about this I am then you're going to need support and I will not turn you out but but no drugs no drinking no lying I'm very serious about that last part okay I mean I catch you in a lie and you're out I don't mean to and I, I know I know that but I don't trust you not yet you can stay in here for tonight I'll set up the guest room in the morning if you're more comfortable in there but you can't sleep in here, Mary. This is my space. Good night. 
Bonnie exits. As soon as she's out of sight, Mary heads to Bonnie's desk. She rummages around. She opens a drawer. She pulls out a file folder. Nothing interesting. She finds a small bottle of whiskey. She thinks about pouring some, but decides against it. She sees Bonnie's iPad on her desk. She tries to access something, but it's locked. She enters one passcode. It doesn't work. She tries another one. She gets in. She curls up on the couch and begins to read. Scene 6, A Coffee Shop Nina is sitting, drinking coffee. She's reading a book. She has Charlie in a stroller and is rocking him with one hand. Mary enters. She sees Nina and approaches. Hi, Nina, right? Mary, from the doctor? Oh, right. Hi. Sorry. I'm off in outer space. Mind if I join you? Sure. You come here a lot? All the time. Never seen you here before. Well, I was out of town. Now I'm back. I love this place. It's quiet. Oof. How you feeling? My back is killing me, and I'm willing myself not to puke. Yeah, that sounds about right. You sure I'm not intruding? Oh, no. I'm bored out of my mind. Well, how can you be bored with this little cutie? Oh, it's boring. So boring. Do you like it, being a mom? I'd say it's important. Maybe the most important thing I've ever done. Yeah. Do you want a boy or a girl? I don't care, really. Oh, come on. Everyone cares. Well, I mean, I feel like I've always gotten along better with boys, weirdly. Boys are easier than girls, I think. Girls are smarter. You think? When they're little? Oh, yeah, much. They don't miss a thing. Little boys are destructive, but kind of dumb. Oh, are you okay? Just the waves. The nausea. I know. Morning sickness, I guess. If only it were just the morning, right? I feel like I'm on a boat in a storm. I never feel the ground under my feet. Well, try some ginger tea. This place makes a good one. I got some for my my friend. It's not really helping. Yeah, I have no advice for you there. I had a terrible time. A friend of mine had it bad, too. She had this thing, hyper, hyper something. Hyperemesis gravidarum. Yes, that. Yeah, I had it, too. Oh, no, really? Yeah. My first trimester was spent in and out of the hospital. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. I spent most of the day balled up on the bathroom floor. I was so weak, I could barely lift my head up to the toilet. It was awful. What stopped it? Can I be totally honest? You won't judge me. I have no business judging. Trust me. Pot. Really? I know. I was so against it at the time, but I couldn't keep anything down. My tooth enamel was eroding. I was losing weight. Charlie was smaller than he was supposed to be, and my blood pressure was super low. And a friend of mine from work brought me some after the last time I was in the hospital, and I was, like, completely horrified. But she was like, stone baby is better than dead baby. One hit in the morning, one at lunch, one before dinner, cured. Never puked again. That's crazy. I've never told anyone else that. Not even my husband. No one except you and my therapist. Was she judgy about it? No, not at all. She's great. Really, she's been a total lifesaver for me. So supportive. God, it's so nice to talk to someone normal. All the moms I know are, well, they're rigid. Ugh, whatever, bitches. <laughs> he turned out perfect, so what do they know? Little lamb. 
So precious. Don't let him fool you. False advertising. He looks like you. Really? All I see is my husband. No, totally does. Colin's Irish, like from Ireland. So I just see a little Irish boy. His dad's baby pictures are like identical. Your husband must be cute. He's all right. Just all right? No, he's cute. He is. Is he everything you ever wanted? Oh, sorry. Listen to me. It's literally none of my no, business. It's an interesting question. I'd have to say no, not really. But he's everything I need. Reliable? Very. Sensitive? Too sensitive, if anything. He shows up? Every day. And he loves you? <laughs> he does. But? I don't know. That's the whole problem. Oh, with everything. It's just that I just don't fucking know. Sorry. I'm so tired. No, I'm sorry. I'm asking you all these questions. That's weird. I feel like you can see me, you know? Like you know me or something? Maybe you were kindred spirits, friends in a past life. Maybe. What about you? Me? What do you want in a man? Maybe one who's not a complete and total life-ruining asshole? Is your baby's father a bad dude? I haven't met a man who isn't a bad dude yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Women aren't much better. It's just that women can't get me pregnant. I wish I liked having sex with them. <laughs> oh my God, totally. I just like dick. What can I say? Oh, I liked it a lot better before... Mary points at her belly. Yeah, same. Scene 7, Bonnie's office. Nina is sitting on the couch. She has a small purple journal with her. Charlie is not with her. Are you ready? I think so. Great. We can begin. Okay. How was this week for you? It was hard. What was hard about it? It was just hard. This is a process, you know. I know. You shouldn't hold back. Not from me. I hold back from everyone. I'm not everyone. That's true. How has the anxiety been? Waking me up. How often? Every hour on the hour. Heart racing, sweating. I'm convinced he's dead, that he died in his sleep. I run to check that he's not. What makes you think he's dead? They die sometimes, you know. Not often. Not much anymore. Well, I'm calling. Sleeps through it mostly, wakes up chipper, smiling, makes bacon, toast, cooperative, affectionate. What does he say when you tell him you didn't sleep? That it's just hormones, normal. But you don't think it's normal? No. You don't think this is just new mom stuff, postpartum? No. Even though you have a history of anxiety and depression? It's different. Tell me why it's different. I can't. Why? <sighs> They're going to think I'm a horrible person. I won't. <laughs> you will. Nina, I know. You're not a horrible person. What do you want to tell me? Can I just read it to you? Of course. Go on. It's okay. Nina opens the journal. She finds a page and begins reading. It's the middle of the night. I can't sleep again. I'm supposed to write about when this happens now. I am not supposed to censor myself, so I won't. But what I am about to write makes me. Talk to me. I can't. Tell me why you can't. Because if I say it out loud, it makes it real. That's not true. It's real as long as you're feeling it. Sometimes you have to say it to let it go. I don't want to. It's like a dragon I can't put back. Like it's just going to fly around burning shit down. And I. What are you afraid of? That he'll know. Who? Charlie. What could he know? 
It's only a baby. They're supposed to be emotionally intuitive. The baby might pick up on your emotional state, sure, but he can't understand it. Only react. He's too little. I can't. You have to let some of this go. You can't be a good mother or a good wife or even be yourself having these attacks. Something's got to give. I have the medication. It's a stopgap. You have to honor these feelings you're having. There's no way out from under this unless you give in. Unburden yourself. You're safe here. There is nothing you say in this room that isn't safe. Nina opens the journal again. She continues. What I am about to write makes me want to crawl into a hole and pull it in after me. It's my deepest shame, but it's the truth. The truth is that I do not. I do not. I do not love my child. I care about what happens to him. I feel tremendously responsible for him, but I do not love him. I don't want to snuggle him or hold him. I hate breastfeeding him. I hate being touched all day. I fed him formula last week because the idea of him touching me made my skin crawl. I am cracked, sore, and bruised. I am exhausted. Colin looks at him every single day with all this ooey-gooey, blissed-out love in his face. He's like, look at him. He's a miracle. But for me, he is not a fucking miracle. He was something I was only 75% sure about, and now here we are at the 25%. And I have to be his mother. I have to bathe, clothe, and feed him. I have to pretend I love him every single day, but I don't. And the guilt is so huge that it might swallow me whole. But there it is. Nina puts down the journal. She is somewhere between defiant and devastated. Bonnie takes a moment to absorb it. Then she leans in. You're afraid you don't love your child. No, I'm not afraid that I don't. I know I don't. Tell me more about that. What else do you want to know? Tell me how it makes you feel. Angry? The sound of the screaming sends me straight into an anxiety attack. I do anything to get him to shut up. Do you want to hurt your son? No. Oh, God, no. I don't hate him. I just don't want to deal with him. Deal with him? Be his mother. I don't want to be his mother. But you are his mother. I know that. That's why I didn't want to say anything about this. These are very common symptoms of postpartum depression. Nothing about this is common. It's not unusual for mothers who struggle with depression to feel detached from their babies. I should feel it by now, that all-consuming love. You're still getting to know each other. It's still a very new relationship. Stop trying to talk me out of this. I'm not trying to talk you out of anything. You're judging me. I am not judging you. Of course you are. How could you not? I'm terrible. Talk to me about it. I don't want to talk about it. All I fucking do is talk. I want to know what the fuck I'm supposed to do. I can't tell you what to do. Because there's nothing to do. There are ways we can help you cope. I don't want to cope. I want to go back and not drink all that fucking whiskey and tell Colin to come inside me like some kind of idiot. I want my body back. I want my husband to look at me with one quarter of the love he reserves for our child. I want my career back. I want myself. And who is that? I don't know. I don't know anymore. That's what we're here to find out. 
What if what I find out is that I'm not a mother? No one is just any one thing. There's more to it than that. What if there isn't? Why don't we start at the beginning? The beginning? Your origin story. How you came to be. Well, I mean, sperm, egg, intersection, not much to tell. <laughs> no, I mean the beginning of your life. I'm not sure what you... You've never told me what happened, but I think it's time. Time for what? Time for you to tell me about your mother. How much time do we have? Scene 8, Bonnie's office. Bonnie is reading her iPad. Mary enters. Hey. Ultrasound again this week. You coming? When? Friday at 11. Sure. Really? Yeah, sounds good. Cool. You okay? Yeah. Something is wrong. I... I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Regarding... Having this baby? You were so sure. I know. Well, it's too late to do anything about it now. Maybe not. What do you mean? I'm wondering if I should put the baby up for adoption. Oh. Yeah, I just... What am I doing, right? I don't have a job. I don't have a place to live. I don't have a husband or a partner. I might want to go to school. All big things. And I mean, you don't want us here. That's not true. Mom, come on. I don't want... I don't want things to go back to how they were. I don't want to live in the past. But I think we can move forward. I really do. But... A baby is a big deal. You having a baby is a big deal. What if I'm a terrible mother? I will support any choice you make. Either choice you make is the right choice for you. Are you, like, capable of a genuine emotional reaction? I'm sorry? I just told you I was thinking of giving my baby to someone else, and you're acting like I told you I was going to start a retirement account or something. What do you want me to say? I want you to say you'd be sad. I want you to be angry or relieved. My feelings on this subject don't matter. You always say that your feelings do matter. To whom? To me. They matter to me. I feel trapped by this, Mary. This feels like a manipulation. That's your always your go-to, right? But I'm being manipulative? You tell me you're having a conflict. I give you advice and support. And my support is wrong? I want you to be my mother, not my therapist. If I were your therapist, we'd be having a different conversation. No, we wouldn't. Okay, fine. If you chose to give this baby away for adoption, I would be very sad. I would also be very relieved. I think you're already at a disadvantage in your life, and this is the time you could right the ship. But like I said, even though apparently it was the wrong thing to say, I will support you. Am I so terrible for being supportive despite everything? Despite everything? Yes. You still think it's my fault? I do not think it's your fault. I've said that over and over. No, you do. You still think it's my fault. I think you made some bad choices. You are but fucking unbelievable. Come on, let's talk about this like adults. Why did I ever think this could change? Mary! Mary exits. Bonnie tries to shake it off. She picks up her iPad again. Tries to work. She can't. Bonnie walks to her desk. There's a photo of her and Mary when Mary was a baby. She looks at it. She begins to cry. Alone. She cries for a long minute, and then she shakes it off, like a dog, like there was a bug crawling on her. She sits down at her desk, 
She dials a number. She waits. She hears a voicemail. Hi, Nina. It's Bonnie. I know we don't have another session until next week, but after last time, I'm concerned about you, and I would like you to give me a call back at your convenience just to let me know you're all right. We can even have a quick phone session at no cost to you. Okay? Be well, Nina. Let me know you're all right. Scene 9. A bench in a park. Nina and Mary, Charlie and his stroller, the sounds of children playing. Nina hasn't slept. So then I tried to eat watermelon, and that made me mega puke. So I'm not exactly sure what it is I can eat. You know? Hello? You okay? What? You're like staring into space. Sorry. You can tell me to shut up. I know I can be like really annoying. It's not you. It's really not. You want to talk about it? Not much to talk about. Things at home? Kind of. Nina pulls out a small vape pen. Do you mind? You a smoker? This isn't nicotine. Is that? Yeah. Jealous. You want some? You'll feel better. I'm really not supposed to. It's medicine. I, well, shit, sure. Nina passes the vape pen to Mary, who puffs on it surreptitiously. Don't inhale too much. It sneaks up on you. It doesn't even smell. I know, it's great. I can take it anywhere. Mary passes it back to Nina. They keep passing it back and forth. Don't you feel guilty? Because of Charlie? Yeah. No? I mean, it's not like I do it all the time. And most of the moms here are drunks. You see that lady in the bright pink shirt? That ain't water she has in that BPA-free bottle. She's half in the bag by lunch. Is pot okay with breastfeeding or whatever? Ugh, breastfeeding. People act like it's the easiest thing ever. Stick your tit in the kid's mouth and that's it. Yeah, well, I want them to fucking try it. It was just a question. Sorry, I totally just snapped at you. What's going on with you? I'm... It's like I'm floating above myself all the time, watching myself do stuff, but I'm not there, and I start crying and can't stop. You're depressed? Yeah, I guess so. But I've been depressed before. This is different. What does your therapist say? That I have mommy issues. <laughs> she should talk. What? Oh, nothing. It's just like literally every woman has mommy issues. Doesn't seem like revolutionary therapy or whatever. Yeah, I guess. I just... What? Do you actually have mommy issues? I haven't spoken to my mother in almost eight years. Wow. Yeah. What happened? It's not any one thing, and a lot of it doesn't sound that bad. But when you add it all up together, it's just like... You watch someone make the same mistakes over and over again, and you think if you just... If you just love them enough, or whatever, that they'll finally be okay. That you can save them. Like Hercules. You're strong enough to lift them up. But one day I woke up and I realized I'm not Hercules. I'm Sisyphus. I'm spending my life pushing a boulder up a hill only to slide right back down again. I got tired. And I realized she was sucking everything out of me and I had no idea who I was. I get that. You do? I do. I, I think anyway. I mean, no matter how bad things got, it never occurred to me that not talking to my mom was like a choice. But it is. It's not a choice. No one chooses this. Who would choose this? Who would choose not to have a mother? It just... 
it came down to surviving, really. So I guess I did choose. I chose myself. Someone had to. And look at you now. You have this great life. Doesn't feel great. But it is. You have Colin who loves you. You have Charlie. Why isn't it enough? Nothing ever is. Okay, your turn. What do you mean, my turn? I just gave you a face full of my fucked up life. You have to tell me about yours. Like what specifically? When we first met, you told me you were pregnant twice before. I did, didn't I? You did. Shit. I went there. You did. You don't have to tell me. Sorry. No, it's okay. I don't mind talking about it. The first one was a stillborn. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's okay. No 18-year-old should be having babies. So young. How far along were you? Almost six months. I'm so sorry. It's okay. We're both better off. I'm stoned. Me too. (laughs) I think I overdid it. Do you feel better? Yes. Me too. I don't feel like puking anymore. You know what? I'm glad I met you. No, for real, I am so glad I met you. I feel like finally I don't have to pretend to be some totally different person. Same. Want to get ice cream? Yes. Scene 10. The doctor's office. Mary is waiting and reading a magazine. Bonnie enters. You came. I said I would. After the other day. Let's not talk about it. Wow. What? You not talking about something. It's like a miracle. Don't push it. Okay, sorry. Let's just try to have a nice day. I thought we could go to lunch after. Where? Pizza. It's like you looked into my brain and knew what I was craving. Pizza it is. They smile at each other. They both read magazines. Then Nina enters and Mary sees her. Mary feels time stop. Mary wants the ground to swallow her whole. Nina sees her and Bonnie. She is confused. No one says anything for a second. Hi. Hi, Nina. Hey, what are you doing Picking here? Up a prescription. Oh, cool. You two know each other? Yeah, kind of. Wait, I'm so confused. I'm Mary's mother. You're what? Shit, I can explain. Mary, please tell me what's going on. But your mom is a social worker who lives in Albuquerque. Is that what you told her? I knew she was your patient, so I didn't want to. Wait, you knew I was her? You knew she was my patient? I saw her one day, and then we ran into each other here, but I didn't mention. Oh, Mary. I can't, like, wrap my head around this. I just didn't want it to be weird. You knew I was your mother's patient before we met. I'm sorry. So you, like, knew things about me? Nina. I can assure you that I've never discussed your treatment with... You lied! You lied to me! I didn't mean to. Why? I thought you were cool, and I wanted a friend, and I thought you had a baby too, and I thought... I can't. This is so crazy. I'm so sorry, Nina. I had no idea. The whole time? I mean the whole time? I'm sorry. (sighs) I have to... Nina, wait. I have to go... Can we get coffee and talk about this? This is really fucked up, Mary. This is so fucked up. Nina, if you want, we can go back to my office and talk. I can't deal with this right now. Nina exits. What the hell were you thinking? Do you understand what an idiot you just made me look like? And how humiliating that was for Nina? 
What's the big deal? You understand full well what the big deal is. I just needed a friend. I needed someone to talk to. So you targeted one of my patients? I didn't target her. I just ran into her. You did this to get back at me. That's ridiculous. Oh, is it though? Because there are no other people in the world you can make friends with except a patient of mine who is in crisis? She's not in crisis. She's having a rough time. That just shows you how little you know. What's wrong with her? I know she's a little depressed or whatever. I can't discuss that with you because she is my patient. But she's my friend. Friendships aren't built on lies. I told her literally one lie. Where are you going? I don't want to be here. You do whatever you want. I don't care anymore. Can you just calm down so we can talk? Where the fuck did I go so wrong? We both know the answer to that question. Don't you dare. Don't. You. Dare. Bonnie storms out. Mary sits alone. Scene 11. Nina's dream. Bonnie's office. Nina. Alone. Night. The puppet baby has grown very large and is wheeled in a very large stroller by the figure wearing the mask. Nina is afraid. She backs away. They move closer. The big baby begins to cry. It is very loud. Nina puts her hands over her ears and cowers in the corner. The baby cries and cries and cries in a crescendo of sound until it goes quiet. The baby and the figure disappear. Nina finally takes her hands off her ears. She stands up, shaken. There are dark circles under her eyes. For a long moment, she is alone. She turns, stares away, catatonic. Lights come on in a bright flash. Nina is in Bonnie's office. She's looking at the photo on the wall. Nina keeps pacing in a way that would make anyone nervous. The bags are still under her eyes. Bonnie watches her for a moment, avoiding what she needs to say. Then... Nina, do you think you can sit down? Am I making you nervous? Sorry. Pacing First of all, before anything, I am offering you my heartfelt apologies about what happened with Mary. It's not your fault. Well, I raised her, so that makes it my fault by definition. I should have known what was going on, and I should have been more diligent. This has now impacted my ability to treat you, and for that, I am very sorry. Impacted your ability to treat me? It's an ethical conflict of interest. But, like, clearly I'm not going to be friends with her now. I mean, I can't be, so that sort of mitigates the conflict as far as I'm concerned. It's not that simple. The well has been muddied. What are you saying? My colleague, Dr. Byrne, an excellent excellent psychologist, is more than happy to oversee your therapeutic care. She usually charges quite a bit more than I do. She has an excellent reputation on a national level, but due to this extenuating circumstance, she agreed to charge you at our existing rate. You're dumping me. I am not dumping you. I am suggesting that for your best interest, we put you in the care of someone... Because your psycho daughter lied, I have to pay for that. I understand that you're angry. Angry? I'm not and angry. I also understand that you're in acute personal crisis. Acute personal crisis. Yes. I can't believe this. Nina. I don't want a new therapist. I know. I trust you. I like you. I feel like we've done great work together. Important work. I don't know what I'll do. I have no doubt you are going to be fine, no matter what. Do you what. know how hard it's been for me to trust you, to trust anyone? Yes. 
And it's why I know what Mary did was such a breach, such a betrayal. And now you're turning around and doing the same thing. It's my ethical responsibility. Or do you just not want people knowing your shit? Is that it? My personal life is not relevant when it comes to I mean, I do have some questions, like how Mary wound up with a stillborn kid at 18 years old and what happened to the next pregnancy and why she's on baby three now and doesn't like have a job or any sort of discernible goals. I can't discuss my daughter with you. She knew things, Bonnie. She knew shit about me. I don't know how. Maybe she read my files. They're all protected with a lock code on my iPad and on my computer. Oh, like it's so hard to figure out a password. This is why I want to transfer you, Nina. This is exactly why. I can't even, like, the events of the past 48 hours have been... Just take some time. Think about it. Do I have a choice? I don't. Do I? I have to deal with this breach of trust as well. I need time to figure out what's going on in my own house. Wait, she lives here? She didn't tell you that either. She told me she was staying with friends and that they had cats, which is why I never wanted to come over because I'm allergic to cats. She knew that too, didn't she? I'm so sorry, Nina. Dr. Burns' card. She's expecting your call. And if I don't? I'd strongly advise against you discontinuing therapy, Nina. Then help me. I am helping you. This is the only way I know how. I feel like I'm breaking, Bonnie. Nina just stares at Bonnie for a long minute. Bonnie doesn't respond. Nina gets up, takes her coat and purse. She heads for the door. Please call Dr. Byrne. And please let me know how it goes. You're asking me to start all over again. Just think for two seconds of what you're asking me to do. Nina exits. Bonnie goes to her desk. She pulls out a small bottle of whiskey and pours herself a glass. Mary enters tentatively. Was that Nina? What happened? I referred her to a colleague of mine for further therapy. You dumped her? Don't. Just don't. Are you drinking? Yes, Mary. I am having a drink in my own office. I just... I never see you drink. I only drink when the chips are down. And right now, my dear, the chips are down. I think we should talk. Yes, I agree. I think this has all been one big misunderstanding. Oh, no. I understand it quite clearly. That's a little dramatic. That's fine. You think what you want. But the fact remains that I've let down a patient in a profound way, and now I have to deal with that. I lost a friend. And whose fault is that? I know it's my fault. I should have been up front with her. I just... You just what? I just didn't want her to think. You just did. You did what you do. You lie. Ever since you were a little girl, you lied. I never knew what to do. You'd come home weaving fantastical tales, telling them to me with such conviction. I thought you just had an active imagination. You scored off the charts. English, reading. I thought, she's just a writer. She's just a dreamer. But no. Garden variety, pathological liar. Unfixable. Oh, I know you think I'm unfixable. You've made that very clear. But you know, I was in the hospital a long time and that wasn't my diagnosis. Just FYI. Probably because you lied to your therapists. You're not listening. I'd like you to leave. What? As soon as possible. I will continue to pay your health insurance so you can get treatment while you're pregnant. 
all this because I fucked your boyfriend. All of this. That's not. That's not why. No, it is. This isn't about Nina. This isn't about lying or shit that happened when I was a kid. This is all because of Gerald. It is not. It is not because of Gerald. You've been alone ever since. Stop it. You've been carrying a torch for him all this time. I loathe him, Mary. You will never know the extent to how much I loathe that man. Torch? Please. I'm carrying a nuke, a grenade launcher, a fucking death wish. It tears me apart inside how much I hate him for what he did. But you hate me too. Do you forget everything that happened after, Mary? The lies, the stealing, and all of that started long before you decided to... Decided to what? Decided to what, Mom? Bonnie pours herself more whiskey. Please leave me alone. Mom, look at me. Mary waits. Bonnie does not look at her. Mary exits. Scene 12. Nina's dream, Bonnie's office. Nina on stage alone, the baby is back. The baby is huge. The baby is so huge. No figure this time, just baby. Nina has no strength. She lays on the floor. Nina has no fight. Nina is done. The baby approaches, blank-faced, sinister in its blankness. A hatch in him opens. Nina gets up and wordlessly crawls in. She is swallowed whole. There is nothing anyone can do. It is the middle of the night, Bonnie's office. The sturdy black phone on the desk rings and rings and rings. Mary is asleep on the couch. She finally wakes, rushes to the phone, and answers it. Hello? Yes, she is... Bonnie rushes in, bleary-eyed. She grabs the phone from Mary. Hello? Yes, this is she. Yes, she is my patient. She was recently in the process of transferring to... Yes. Yes, I understand. Yes, I'll be there as soon as I can. Who is that? Bonnie wordlessly begins getting her shit together, finding her purse, keys, and iPad. Mom, what's going on? Nina has been hospitalized. Oh, my God. Yes, I need to. Did she try to? I have to go. I'm coming with you. You absolutely are not. I am. Just once. Can you listen to I'll me? I'll sit in the waiting room. I won't talk to anyone, I swear. You stay here. But stay here, Mary. Just fucking stay here. Is this my fault? Mom. Mom, is this my fault? Scene 13, the hospital. Nina is sitting at a table. She is pale. Sweatpants, t-shirt. Bright fluorescent lights of a hospital shine. Mary enters, holding a vase of flowers. A TV blares in the background. Daytime television. Nina looks at her. They look at each other for a second. Hey, I'm like so not supposed to be here. She'd murder me. I told her I was going to the grocery store. This is a sad room. Thought this might cheer things up. This whole place is sad. Why are hospitals this color? Can't they paint the walls blue or green or persimmon or... If Nina could, she'd tell Mary to get the fuck out, but she can't. She's too tired. Why are you here? I wanted to... I feel like... Like? This is at least a little bit my fault. So you want to make yourself feel better? A little, I guess. 
classic selfish Mary. Forgive me if I lack the energy to care about your feelings. I'm not asking you to. Then what do you want? I lied to you at a time. Please leave, Mary. I'm too tired. I know you are. I know they've got you on all kinds of shit. What are they making you take? Adivan? Seroquel? How would you know? Been here, sister. I said hi to all the nurses in the hall. We're on a first-name basis. Pretty much the same staff. You were here? This very place. When? After. After my baby died. And then in and out every so often. I'm a regular. Oh. Listen, I know you've been through a lot, and I get it. And I know you were just lonely or whatever and needed a friend. But I can't be that for you right now. I don't need you to be my friend. Then what do you want? I just wanted to tell you that you have to get out of here. What do you mean? This place. Get out. As soon as you can. I need to be here. No one needs to be here. Did she tell you what happened? No. I guess she wouldn't. You don't have to tell me. I left Charlie in his stroller. At the park. I just got up and walked away. I don't exactly remember why or how it happened. I hadn't slept in days and I just... I went into this state. They found me wandering around Target, just totally out of it. I was buying all this stuff like I was going on a trip. No idea where. They found Charlie. He was crying. He was cold, but he was okay. I'm lucky I'm not in jail. I should be in jail. You do not deserve to be in jail. I left my child to freeze to death in a park. What could have happened to him? When I think about it, I just... Colin won't even look at me. He says he doesn't know who I am anymore. And if I was struggling so much, why didn't I get help? But I did get help. With your mother... And it didn't fix it. It didn't fix that I wanted to leave my life. Some things just break people. I broke. I'm still broken. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Don't you dare be sorry for me. I got a second chance to turn my life around, and I made a shit show mess of it. But you, you have so much more than I did. You've got a husband who loves you and a baby who's alive. Who needs you? But I can't make myself love him. So don't. Don't what? Make yourself love him. Just like, be his mom. Believe him when he tells you stuff. Read him stories. Bandage his knee when he falls off his bike. Get him ice cream when he gets a good report card. And just like, try and make a functional human out of all of this. And maybe you won't love him. And maybe you'll be proud. And maybe that will be enough. What about me? I don't know. That's the bitch of the thing. But I know if you stay here and go insane and leave your husband and your son, you will regret it for the rest of your life. Will I? You're a good person, Nina. I know that. I did read your patient file. I did know stuff about you. And I am a deeply fucked up person. And I don't expect you to forgive me for that. But like, all the shit that happened with your mom isn't your fault. You're not a bad person for choosing yourself. You've got to forgive yourself. Like, i got to forgive myself for what happened to my baby 
and other things, but mostly that. Was it a boy or a girl? Hmm? A baby. Your baby. Oh, he was a boy. A little boy. So tiny. I only saw him for a second, but I named him in my mind afterwards. What was his name? Jordan. God, I never told anyone that. His name was Jordan. That's a nice name. Thanks. And the second pregnancy. What about it? What happened? I had an abortion. No. I had no business having a baby then. And maybe I don't now. But I wanted... Maybe... I wanted Jordan back, but I wanted another chance. How do I know any of this is the truth? You don't, I guess. And I'm really so sorry that I hurt you. But if you believe nothing, believe this one thing. You can't stay here. Don't stay here and lose your mind. You're better than that. You deserve to make things right. Ever consider becoming a therapist? <laughs> Not on your life. Scene 14. Bonnie's office. Bonnie is ready to receive her next patient. She tidies up the room and sets up a water pitcher. She plays with the lights, everything just so. There's a knock at the door. Bonnie opens it. It's Mary. Mary. I have a new patient coming. Teresa Smith? How did you know? Because it's me. What are you talking about? I made the appointment. This isn't funny. No, it's not. I don't know what game you're playing. No, fuck this. Mary pulls a wad of money out of her wallet and hands it to her mother. I want a session. You know full well I can't do that. I'm not going to report you or anything. Mary. I'm your patient and I am paying for a session. I can't. I need you to be my therapist right now and not my mother. You always ask me to be your mother and not your this therapist. This is the only way you're going to listen. I always listen. You never listen. Okay, fine. You want to play this childish game? Great. Let's go. Have a seat. What brings you here today? My mother is still mad at me for something that happened years ago. That is not true. Therapy, Bonnie. Why do you think your mother is angry with you? Well, the problem is that I lie a lot, like all the time. I see. Since I was a little girl. But I know why I did it then. It made things more interesting. Life was really boring for a six-year-old. So why not say, instead of just my boring walk home from school, my bus got into an accident? Why not say my real father was Prince Charles? I'd never even met my father. But as I got older, I kept doing it, for different reasons. Do you have a specific example? Oh, I have a lot of examples. Sneaking out, stealing. But as I got older, the lies just got bigger. Tell me about that. When I was around 14 or so, my mom started dating this guy, and things got weird. What do you mean by weird? I mean this guy, Gerald, was really great to us. Buying us things, paying for my mom to get her second degree, Mary, I driving really me can't to school every day, making us dinner, and he didn't mind my tall tales. He'd say, Mary, you have a great imagination. But my mom was the one getting all the attention, at least at first. You were jealous. I know I was. Do you think do you think this was because 
You never knew your father? I don't know, maybe. But I started trying to get his attention, dressing up, wearing a lot of makeup, and he'd say I was beautiful, a real knockout, just like my mother. So I started giving him more attention, flirting even, and he flirted back. When you were 14. I know what this is called now. Grooming. Just didn't know it at the time. Grooming for? A relationship. A sexual relationship. Which happened when? It started when I was 16. 16? I told everyone I was 18 and that it only happened once. Another lie. I lied about it the whole time. Not shocking, right? And you, you didn't tell anyone? Nope. Not even when I was in the hospital. They asked me point blank and I lied. I mean, I felt like it was my fault anyway. I started it. It's not like I was some kind of virgin. Where was your mother while all of this was allegedly happening? Like I said, she was getting a second degree. So she was seeing patients during the day. This was all before she had her own practice and going to school at night leaving me time to get in all sorts of trouble. I got caught shoplifting. I skipped school. I drank. I lied to my mother constantly, and she was always catching me. So I figured she would figure it out, but she never did. None of it happened in the house. There were motel rooms, the car, and he'd be all, Mary, we have to stop. So why am I supposed to believe this? I wanted to tell you the truth so many times, but I was afraid. If this is the truth, I don't understand. You just... You were so insistent it was that one time. I'm a great liar, remember? And that's the problem. You come in here and insist that this went on for years, years, right under my nose. Yes. You know, it's my job to see these things, right? It's my job. It's what I do with my life. Sometimes the truth is terrible. That's why I avoid it. But I don't know what to believe right now. I'm telling you the truth. Well... You'll excuse me if I don't buy that. Think about it. Fucking think about it for more than a minute. Why were we always together? Why did he defend me when I got caught shoplifting, skipping school? I don't have to listen to this. No. You need to hear me. Really hear me this time. This is preposterous. Manipulative. No, it's not. This is beyond the pale, Mary. This is fucking insane. What would you say if a patient told you this story? What would you tell them? What would you call this? Would you call it an affair? I don't think so. The way you were behaving then, you have to understand. You actually thought I slept with him despite you. I never said that. You didn't have to. You have always acted out to get attention, and I thought... What he did was wrong. Of course it was wrong. I hate him for what he did. But you took it out on me. I was angry. I was heartbroken. I was humiliated. What? Did you think it was fun for me? I can't. I can't. Listen to this. I can't protect you from this anymore. Protect me from what? When I lost the baby. Please. This is too much. I have to tell you. I already know. I was there. Will you just fucking listen? Jesus. When I lost the baby, his baby, I told the same story a hundred times. I didn't know I was pregnant. A part is true. I was drinking with my friends at a school party and started feeling weird. A part is also true. I had cramps and this terrible, dizzy feeling, and then I went to the bathroom. Everything went white and fuzzy, and I blacked out and came to outside near the dumpsters at school. I know all that of That last this. part is a lie. 
I remember what happened. I ran to the bathroom and felt like I had to take a shit. The biggest shit you've ever seen. So I got on the toilet and I pushed for my life. I had to get that shit out. And then it happened. Something slid out of me. And it was... I held it. I held him in my hands. It was blue, so tiny, like not a normal size baby, so small. He wasn't breathing. I panicked. Everything felt unreal, like it wasn't happening. And that's when I stumbled outside and I had this voice saying, you have to go back. But that's when I actually passed out. It was too late. But I saw him. I held him. I wrapped him in paper towels and put him in the garbage. Like he was trash. You were in shock. Like he was nothing. And I have to live with that, too. You had a miscarriage. That's not your fault. I named him Jordan. And I'd do anything to get him back, no matter how he started. I'm sorry. You left me in that place. And I was just alone. You left me there, and I needed you. I made sure you got help. I came to see you. You haven't told me you loved me since. Do you know how that feels? What are you talking about? Of course I have. No, not once. Look, I'm not saying any of this to hurt you, but I feel like I'm a fiction, an invention. I have no idea who the fuck I am, and I have to know who that is. My child has to know who that is. Bonnie is overcome with panic. Oh, my God. What? I can't. I can't. You can't what? Bonnie sits. She thinks. It's true. Everything you just... Yes. Bonnie is having an anxiety attack. Oh, my God. I am the worst mother. Don't say that. I am a great therapist and a terrible mother. Mom. How will you ever forgive me? I don't know how you could ever I told the truth, and that has to be enough for I now. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. Bonnie struggles to breathe. Mary lets her go on for a moment, then softens. Okay, Mom. Come on. It's okay. Just breathe. Remember how you taught me when I was little? Close your eyes and think of a place that calms you. <laughs> Inhale through your nose. Big, deep breath. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Mary continues the count as Bonnie breathes. Scene 15. The hospital a month later. Nina is back in normal clothes. She's checking the contents of her small suitcase carefully, making sure that she has everything. When she is satisfied, she zips up the suitcase. Nearby is a gift bag. She lifts a small stuffed animal out of it. She looks at it and holds it close to her. She puts it back in the gift bag. After a moment, Bonnie enters. Are you ready? I think so. Are you nervous? A little bit, yeah. But I think I'm ready. You look so much better. 
The meds seem to be working. Good. The visit from Child Protective Services is going to happen in a few days. I can absolutely be there if you want. If you could, that would be great. I already told your caseworker I was going to continue therapy with you, if that's all right. What about Mary? She's still living with me, but I'll make sure you two are separate, 100%. Mary came to see me when I first got here. She did? Yeah. I'm so sorry. She has no idea about boundaries. Don't be mad at her. She helped, actually. Oh. She learned from the best. But I can't be friends with her, I don't think. I will continue with your therapy regardless. Until you're feeling well enough to move on. Thank you, Bonnie. It's my pleasure. I want to see you well. I haven't had any dreams. What? Those weird dreams I was having? I haven't had any. In fact, I can't remember having a single dream since I got here. That might be all the drugs. Sedatives often interrupt dreams. feel tired a lot, but not the same tired. A sort of dreamy, peaceful tired. Please promise me you'll stay in your drug regimen. I will. I know there are side effects, but... No, I know. Okay, good. Well, I'm going to go get your discharge papers settled. Will Colin be here to pick you up? I could take you home if you like. Yeah, he's coming. Good. I don't know what's going to happen now with us. One thing at a time. You need to focus on staying well. I hope Charlie will be able to forgive me. Charlie's too little to remember any of this. You have a clean slate with him. Well, that's good at least. There's a lot that's good right now. I hope so. Okay. I'll go sign your paperwork. Bonnie? Yeah? Thank you. For everything. Epilogue. Nina at home. There's a crib with a mobile in the middle of the stage. There's also a rocking chair which Nina is sitting in. The figure walks on the stage with a baby wrapped in blankets. Nina sees them and panics. No, 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 not again. The figure stops. The figure walks towards Nina, who stands up as if to confront. The figure puts Charlie into the crib. Nina and the figure regard each other for a moment. The figure slowly backs away, and the lights return to normal. Charlie fusses. Nina turns on the mobile. A lullaby plays. She looks at him. She studies him as the mobile plays. She picks him up and holds him close to her. She cradles him, looks at him closely. Something changes in her face. Love? Terror? Gratitude, regret, we do not know. She sits down in the rocking chair, and Nina rocks him slowly back and forth. He stops fussing, and she starts humming to him in sync with the mobile softly. She keeps humming as the lights slowly fade, and as the lights fade, end of play. This has been a presentation of Ashland New Plays Festival. This play is the property of the playwright, who reserves all rights to its use. This recording is the property of Ashland New Plays Festival, which reserves all rights to its use. 
Our podcast is produced by Andy Neal and Cara Quinn-Lewis, with written content edited by Carol Florian. To learn more about AMPF and how you can support new plays, visit us at ashlandnewplays.org on the web or ashlandnewplays on social media. If you like what you heard, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.